Sports Podcast. I said, Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast with Andy Ruther and Joe Prano. Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. Welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. I am your host, Andy Ruther. Coming to you live from Cincinnati, Ohio, with my co-host live from Los Angeles, California, Joey No Chill Prano. Hello, Andy. And joining today's threesome via Santa Monica, California, the one and only Tug Coker. Hello, Andy. Ooh. Hello, Joe. Hello, Tug. <laughs> I just want to say, first time I've been on with Joe being announced as being from Los Angeles, California. Yeah. We're, we're Things are that, changing. We're doing the now undisclosed location in the Southland area. <laughs> Ooh, well, that's a, that's a first tip he's given. To the well, the Southland is pretty wide ranging. It is. You know, that's what they say on the news. It's like the tri-state area, metropolitan Los Angeles. There, come on. There's a couple of clues that give the, can give this away. But, uh, but for now, you know, I want to limit the amount of rifle-owning lunatics that take umbrage with the idea that all men are of equal stature. I just want to, I just want to like, you know, there's, there's some dirtballs that are very upset. Hey, they're only three-fifths of a human, and if you don't like it, <laughs> I'm going to show up outside your door. Well, we're all here, guys. We're back, separated by... 2,000 miles. Yeah, 2,000 plus. Joe, Joe just moved a little further away from me. Like this, times are, times are tough right now. It's difficult times here. We, we are concerned. Tug looks like he might have just left rehab. How are you doing? <laughs> <Yeah. Tug? laughs> well, the, the listeners should know that before we jumped on, I was a, I was a wreck. You know, I, I couldn't get my computer to start. I was throwing yogurt all over my computer, dropping kids off at school. All in an effort because I've been up since 3.30 because we're getting ready to launch. As you guys actually, know. Actually dropping kids off at school. Not, not, <laughs> yeah, not, not figurative <laughs> dropping off kids. Um, all of the Cleveland Browns do play tonight. That's a nice segue. <laughs> um, uh, no, yes, dropping my four-year-old off at preschool and I'm in an effort. To, you, guys, you guys, I wanted to break the news here first. I'm going on a little mini press tour in the coming weeks. And, um, but, you know, you guys have been with me from the beginning. So now, it's, you know, now we're talking is going to launch today on the CW seed um, and eventually I think go to the CW, but uh, we're starting, you know, at CW seed. And uh, I've, thanks for everyone for staying with me as I come on every show for the past two and a half years saying it's coming soon. It's coming soon. And today's the day. So hopefully around you know noon, it'll be launched and I'm, I'm ready to show the world uh, Doug, what, what I've been the, working uh, on. For the, the less technologically advanced dirt ball, how, does one get what is the CW seed? How does one get it? Where does one find it? What is what do I need? I really appreciate that question. Um, the CW seed is basically a place where, by and large, they've housed shows that were made by Warner Brothers and or um, CBS. So you'll see shows like Shit's Creek on there, and then it comes as one of the more modern comedies. It's on on there, um, and it's uh, it's an ad driven free uh, network. So if you have a Apple TV or Roku, or Smart TV, or Fire Stick, or whatever, 
just download the CWC app and look for Now We're Talking. Hopefully, they'll be promoting it uh, in the first few weeks of the, of the you know, it's run. And um, it's free. And it's also on the .com or computer. So, there's a bunch of ways to get it for free. Also, what's I said, Shit's Creek. And there's some old school comedies, like people, things we forgot about, like Everybody Hates Chris. Oh, yeah. And, uh, you know, a few deep dives uh, into the comedy world. So, but uh, we're happy to have a place to, to, to house it. You know, you guys are in it for a hot second. I got a hot trailer with you guys in it. And then I have a, a bonus, bonus interview that, that we all improvised that I'm going to cut and put, put out to the world. And Joe is particularly mean to me in that, um, I in that interview. Remember that. <laughs> I, know, I know. It'll be a fun surprise for you. So uh, thanks to everybody for, uh, you know, for, for staying with me and, um, Follow me um, on my Instagram and Twitter for a bunch of great stuff uh, in the weeks to come. And will season one and two be there? Correct. Season one and two will both be on there. You can see it. I think they, they did a cool job of compiling all this, the short form stuff into three episodes. A lot of great um, athletes and actors on the show. Um, you know, Andrew Hawkins, uh, Sean Merriman, all friends of the show, Ryan Grant, um, Plexico Burris, Joe's boy. Um, Lance Briggs and Carrie Champion, all the, the list goes on and on. So anyway, I just want to get that plug out of the way. That's my first official stop on the, the PR tour. And, and, um, let, and let me reiterate real quick. It's C-W-S-E-E-D, just C-W-Seed. That's correct. And at some point in the near future, because <laughs> nothing's been easy with the show, they're going to they're gonna end up merging the CW and the CW-Seed. So you'll be able to find it on one platform. But for right now, it's cw S-E-E-D. It's very simple to do. Even my parents were able to add it to their Apple TV. And, um, yeah, hit me up. We, I, I used so many of Andy's resources. Uh, you know, Charlie Ryan, Nick D'Alessandro, Jared Lloyd, all my guys to help make some stuff. We got gifts out in the world. It's, it's a real television show. And, 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 I, and I, as I was making it for season two, you know, I was obviously thinking about the dirt balls. So, um, thank you. My, my favorite part, Joe, is he did that whole plug with, I think, is yogurt on the bottom of his <laughs> lower left lip. Yeah. <laughs> I, I almost said that. I almost, he was like, it's so easy. You know, my parents could do it. I was like, you need your parents here to clean that oikos off your lip. It's still there. It's the upper lip, Doug. It's, it's like upper left lip. There I'm sure it's my, it might be my mustache now, too. Yeah, it's yeah. in your mustache. You got a ticket to ride there with your <laughs> with your eighties stockbroker look. Hey, what's McConaughey? Oh, yeah. oh. <laughs> well, well, talk. This is this is very exciting. It really is, yeah. and like you said, it's it's a long time uh, in the making. And uh, Joe and I were happy to be a very small part of it, but it was great to be on set one day. And uh, really looking forward to all the dirt balls of binge watching. Now we're talking seasons one and two on the CWC. Yeah, man, I really appreciate it. It's a big day. Obviously, you guys were there for a bunch of interviews, so you'll hear your voices in some of the, the, the you know, behind-the-scenes stuff. Um, and, you know, some of the clip of uh, one of the opening montages, you guys were in it with, like, all these other broadcasters and sports personalities, Chris Broussard, uh, Thomas Jones, Ryan Grant, Olivia Harlan, Andrew Hawkins, and then you guys. So it's the elite. And, and – and, and you know, to segue into the show, I wonder how many of these professional sports talking heads have been calling for Doc Rivers to be fired for a decade. I wonder if it's, you think it's just me? I 100% thought about you this entire last 48 hours because, um, you know, you're, 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 you're willing to throw a lot of takes out to the world, but the one you've always, you, you, would say, you stick to a lot of your takes, but this one has been loud and clear. 
and you're allowed to take a big victory lap for what we saw two nights ago. He raises his hand for people who are just listening to the show. Victorious. I mean, like, again, I say even, even a successful season with Doc here, like, had they gone to the Western Conference Finals, had they gone to the NBA Finals, I really think with the, with the roster that they had, anything short of a championship kind of continues to expose Doc. I know he has uh, a championship, and, and everybody, a lot of people have talked about that being maybe not enough with the team he had, but like the resume of three, one blown three, one leads now is there's three of them on his resume. Uh, and, and he just continues to underachieve with teams. I mean, this Clippers team was expected to, I, I mean, they were the Vegas favorites to win it. Favorite. Yep. They're, they, they lose in the second round and they blow a three, one lead. How do you like, if you're, if you're ownership, how do you in like, how do you how do you just say Doc Rivers is going to continue to be our coach? Like, how do you do that? I have to agree. You know, as a as a as a Boston Celtics fan, where Doc did get his championship, um, as you said, you know, there's only been 13 teams to overcome three one deficits, uh, and and Doc has been at the wrong end of three of those. Um, and what's what what's worth? There's so many pieces to break down with this. Think, let's take the first part, just the, the, the competitive aspect. They're actually leading in every game. Yeah. They're blowing the Nuggets out, and then they have meltdown second halves. Defensive so, wizard, Doc Rivers. Defensive wizard, like Jamal goes off. Like there's no, there's no, there's no like let's, let's cut their heads off mentality. Let's finish them while they're down. Um, they looked lackadaisical, and, you know, everyone's talking about like team chemistry, but like – you go out with a, you go out with a random five on a court, you know how to you know how to beat a team down. Come on, and, um, and, and I would, real quick, that's all. That's just coaching. I you know I'm not a you guys. I would say you guys definitely have a, a better basketball IQ than me and better knowledge. I, I think as someone who still watches it, I was thinking this the other day. That's coaching, like like you said, Tug. He is at the wrong end of three of the thirteen. The facts don't lie. He can't get his teams ready to play when he has to. They don't perform up to their ability. And I just don't know how anybody can defend him at this point. And I want to add one more point is that Joe and I discussed this last episode, and I was very adamant about this when the year started. Don't underestimate losing franchises, turning it around. It's not easy. And the Clippers still have never made a conference finals. And that's why when the season started, I said, they're not going to make the finals because they're a losing franchise. People don't realize how hard that is to change that mindset. But what's the culture there? I mean, they're in Staples now. Doc Rivers, new roster, new ownership, new uniforms. Like, what is this? I, I, like, I got to put this on Doc Rivers, but way, way more. And honestly, Paul George and Kawhi Leonard like the guy that everybody told me, Oh, he's going to carry every team you build around him. He's the best player. He's the best all around player in basketball. He proved it last year. He's better than LeBron, blah, blah, blah. We're talking about that. They're, they have some relation to the San Diego Clipper ships. Like what does this have to do with 
anything no. that's gone on in their past from well, Sterling to. Well, well Joe, I, I, look, I, I'm not excusing doc. What I'm saying is they're still, no one cares about the Clippers in LA. I don't care what anybody says. They're still little brother. They're always going to be little brother. You and I have both agreed they should move to San Diego. And my point is you take these organizations like the Browns, the Bengals, the Lions, the Clippers, even like a Cleveland Indians who've come so close. It's like, until you win it, man, until you make the pro that jump, it, I think it's still in the back of people's heads. As great as Kawhi was last year in Toronto, you're going to a fundamentally disappointing organization. And again, I'm not making excuses for Doc. I'm just saying Clipper's going to Clipper, in my opinion. I'm going to quibble that point a little bit, uh, just to jump in. Sorry, Joe. Um, only because th- this year feels like the, the year with, where they should be removed from that, right? Like, they're, they're in a bubble. Like, they're not playing at, uh, in L.A. You know what I mean? They're playing on the road where they're up. Like, we can make excuses about the organization all we want. Joe hit it on the head. Like, Kawhi and Paul Pierce, uh, Paul, uh, what is it, playoff P, excuse me, that's zero points in the fourth quarter. Way off of the P. game. What, way off P, exactly. Like, you know, and so not only where I see organ, organizational issues is they try to do, like, the dream teams, the, the, the Eagles from a few years ago. They tried to assemble, like, all-star pieces. Like, Reggie Jackson hasn't worked anywhere. Yeah. Um, so trying to add that, just, it doesn't make a lot of sense. And then you, you, go, you get way off P and, like, you give up your whole future. No one, we all know that, like, he's not re- – he, he has issues. You know what I mean? It's a risk. So – and, and, and to me, the, the hole in their the – the major hole in their roster, aside from coaching, aside from, like, being built around two guys that are kind of exactly the same – um, like playoff Paul George is like a, a watered down Kawhi uh, is this is a guards league and they don't have a guard that is good. And not only that, like you look at like um, the plus minus, and this is a, this is a, a squarely on doc. Like um, when Montrez was on the floor, they were like minus, yeah. minus, minus 40 or something. And, and when and Zubac was on the floor, they were plus. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, just like don't don't even worry about the guys right now. Win the series. So and I, and I like Montrez, and I like Montrez, but you have to play the matchups. I mean, look at well, look look at what Vogel did, man. Uh, in in their last series, uh, you know, what's what's uh the guy's name? The sh- the shacked and a fool, the fucking Javale McGee. Oh, McGee. Javale McGee. Javale McGee and Dwight Howard don't get minutes at all. He's like, D'Antoni's playing small. I'm not going to play. What, what, what's the reason to have just a seven-footer in the middle of the floor that I don't need to guard anybody? I have a feeling those guys will come back and play significantly more minutes now that they're going to have Jokic to deal with. Like, for Doc Rivers not to change his rotation based on the team he's playing, that, I mean, that's varsity high school basketball coaching. Every coach is doing. It. I mean, you saw Brad Stevens, you know, with the Celtics, like, you know, putting in Robert Williams in the last series, showing a lot, a lot more Grant Williams, who's like six six at the center, you know, just to just to get some outside shooting and stretch stretch four five. Like, you, you know, we don't know how, how we're going to see these rotations, but you're so right. He kept going back. We saw the same thing actually with Quinn Snyder. It's like maybe maybe the Nuggets have some sort of mind meld on these coaches because everyone 
they, they get set in their ways because they're up three one, right? They're like, we're up three one. Let's keep doing what's working. Yeah. And then and then the the bottom falls out and they don't like adjust for like minutia, like one game, one half, one quarter. Um. So I mean, and this is all to say, like, I think we all like Doc seems like an amazing person. I said right? he could be like, the commissioner of basketball. He could <laughs> yeah. be that. He could be the president of the players union he could be the gm of the clippers he could be he could be president of the united states he's a great guy and but his greatness as a guy comes across whenever he talks but what never comes across is a strategic basketball mind i mean I, i joked because they have that you know and i and obviously i know these coaches don't give away their strategy adjustments in you know, the, the sideline interviews between quarters. But even when you see inside the huddle, it's a lot of Doc going like, play hard, play keep, keep trying, trust in your teammates. It's like, I don't need a fucking motivational speaker. I need you to tell me what to do. Yeah. I mean, Joe, I should ask Tug what we talked about last episode. Has, has anyone lived off their one title more in all professional sports? For the longevity that Doc has, um, Joe Flacco or Trent Dilfer? Um, no, it's, it's good. It's a good. It's a good comment. That's a great question. I have to think about that one. But um, yeah, Doc. Uh, it's what's interesting about that is Kawhi is now playing. I, I think we've all, who knows really, if Nick Nurse is like a an elite coach, but I think we've all learned that he's a really good coach. Um, and so Kawhi has had the luxury of playing with Popovich and Nick Nurse, and now we get to the Doc situation where he seems to be more of a, uh, you know, Doc won a championship because Garnett is a, is a, you know, authoritarian figure. You know, he's not, Kevin Garnett's going to let, he, he's sort of like a, a coach on the floor. He's, he's very vocal, whereas Kawhi and Paul George are not. So maybe it worked for, for Doc because he was like, I, I'm, a, I'm a player's coach, but what, 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 I'm successful when I have an extension of me basically keeping everyone in line, keeping Rondo in line. You know, um, if and, maybe this doesn't work, you know what I mean? And, and for Kawhi, on the Kawhi front, like, again, great guard play in San Antonio, great guard play in Toronto, where he is, you know, able to score when he needs to, you know, he's great at getting a big bucket. He's great at playing defense. He's great at whatever, but he's not LeBron James. He don't give Kawhi Leonard the ball to bring up the floor and facilitate for everybody else and make great passes and get everybody involved in the game. Kawhi's great at taking the ball and getting a mid-range jumper when you need it, but you either need great guard play or you need a LeBron James who's essentially a six-foot-nine point guard and going to run your offense. But, like, the idea that here's Kawhi Leonard, you're in the driver's seat of this team is like, I don't want Kawhi Leonard in the driver's seat of my team. I want Kawhi Leonard sitting shotgun, ready to get a big bucket when I need him to. Hey, hey, hey. Um, <laughs> when I uh, – Kawhi, The Kawhi Leonard fat Albert. I was going to say, that's a little Bill Cosby-esque right there, Tug. <laughs> oh, wow. That's a weird convergence. I didn't yeah. see that. Hey, 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 hey. Yes, it is. <laughs> oh, no. I'm Bill Cosby. Oh, no. Um what was I going to say is that the both game six and game seven, the like game six, I turned the game off, you know, to do something else. It was a blowout in the third, yeah. you know, 
it's crazy that th- this happened. I've never – so I, I agree with you. As much as I like Kawhi too, like those comparisons to LeBron, you, you know, they've just got to stop because I don't think LeBron would ever let that happen. Um, and uh, it's, it's too bad. Honestly. I mean, I, li- I like watching the Nuggets, you know. It's fun to watch them play. They kind of play like with a lot of – they have a lot of good role players. But, you know, I think I'm, I'm sad in the sense that I would like to have seen if the Clippers could have gotten their energy together to, you know, beat the Lakers, like see that like inner city rivalry one time, but we'll never know. Well, we got Lakers nuggets. Now the Lakers won three out of four head to head this season. What do you, what do you guys think moving forward? I, I think Joe talked about, you know, JaVel McGee and Dwight Howard. Those big men, I think are going to create more problems for the nuggets. And they actually, they completely kept Jokic in check in those four games. Yeah, I think, look, like I said about this Nuggets team, the the Nuggets team does remind me a little bit of that Mavericks team that won. They're playing with a lot of confidence. They believe they can win. They've been down 3-1 twice. They came back to win. They're in a bubble. There's the whole, you know, easier shooting in the bubble. There's the less pressure of the bubble. There's the playing with house money. So I don't think that the Nuggets – are uh should be should be looked over oh the nuggets beat the clippers and now the lakers gonna roll i do think the lakers win and i think the lakers win because as great as Jokic has been as great as murray has been i think the lakers have the do the two best players in the series and that's going to be hard to overcome i think they have a lot of bodies to throw at uh Jokic. i think you know who knows what we're going to get from playoff rondo but he's already better than playoff Paul Pierce or Paul George. And, uh, you know, you're going to be able to throw him at Murray uh, and cause problems. And I just think there's just no way that the Nuggets are not kind of spent from two, three, one comebacks. Um, I, I think it could be a good series, but I wouldn't be surprised if it's Lakers in five. I feel similarly. I think Lakers in five feels right. I mean, you know, Lakers always seem to be susceptible to that early game one loss. Um, maybe they'll get out ahead of it, and LeBron sort of sees the, the, the light at the end of the tunnel and says, the, the East may be in for a battle. Let's get this done. Um, I just, you know, Jamal Murray's probably going to get his again. I don't see anyone on the Lakers. Maybe Caruso with a little bit of size, you know, trying to stop Jamal Murray, but I just don't see – an answer for that, but like, we're, how are they going to get multiple offensive weapons in this series? It just seems like, like you said, I think the Nuggets have played the Lakers six times in the playoffs as organizations. They've never won. They made it to the conference finals twice, beaten both times by the Lakers. I think this is probably going to be uh, business as usual for the Lakers. And, uh, but what, what I will say is like, I think we have, we'll talk about the East, I'm sure, in a second, but like four really good coaches um, left. Like, the, the quality of basketball, I think, will be pretty good because the coaches are really good. Yeah. Um, so Before we good. hop into the East, I want to share a quick, uh, a quick now we're talking nug, actually, Todd. Whoa, whoa. Yeah. So We've I built a couple of these into the show today, Todd. Thank you. I, my, my, I paid for a sponsorship. I yeah. love it. I don't know if you remember. We're calling this. them now nugs. <laughs> <laughs> Prano, I don't know if you remember this, but when we were – on set that day, it was in December of 2017. So LeBron was still, LeBron had just, you know, he was still, the season had basically just started uh, 
that year with Cleveland. And I don't even remember after uh, I did the off camera, you know, behind the scenes interview with Carrie Champion. Do you remember what she said about LeBron? Said LeBron to the Lakers. She's no like, doubt oh, about it. she's like a hundred percent. He's going to the lake. And this is talk. This is way, you know, this is way early season was a month in. And I'm like, she's like a hundred percent. He's going to the Lakers. You know what? She, she she's close to the she's close to the uninterrupted, and um, I I think about this actually because she's never wavered off of that. So you're yeah, right. Yeah. Um, so it was like a good sneak peek of like, okay, let's see how this plays out. And uh, sure enough, here he is trying to win his fourth title. Um. Thanks for that. Thanks for that nug, guys. It's it, a it now a, nug. It, yeah. it, it, it was a great now nug. Now <laughs> your your team tug the Celtics tough right. overtime loss. Um. I'll be honest, I did not watch the game. I, I had some family matters, but amazing game. I saw the highlights. Obviously, the, the block on uh, Tatum by Bam. Thoughts, fellas? Magic Johnson Insane. calls it the greatest defensive play in the history of playoff basketball. Is that what he said? Yeah. He also tweeted, two great teams playing hard. One of them's going to win. Yeah, he's almost generic. <laughs> you, you, you need to get you need to get a Magic Johnson. Now we're talking review. I should, I should. I, you know, he's he's a he's a he's a friend. He's a close friend of uh, of of my my home because you know I was lucky enough to to do a sh- show based on his life years ago. So I, I can't bash him too much. But his tweets are um, are, are mocked widely on, uh, yeah. on Twitter. <laughs> um, but yeah, but it was a great play. Let's not let's like you know. People are talking top three blocks, you know, Tayshaun Prince against Reggie Miller, LeBron, obviously, in this. I mean, a couple thoughts. Uh, first thing I'll say is this. Game two is tonight. Um, the Celtics were one-point favorites uh, going into game one. They're two-and-a-half-point favorites now. So I'm very interested to see what happens. I'm very nervous for Jason Tatum because you think about Jason Tatum is 22 years old. He's probably been the best player in every age of his life. He's probably never had that situation ever. He dunked on LeBron two years yeah. ago. He yoked on LeBron in game seven of the conference finals. So to see this, and then the play before, um, Jimmy Butler gets an and one on him, like a get off me and one. So like two sequences in a row, Tatum kind of got his world rocked. So I'm very curious to see how he comes back. I mean, he had he's the second Celtic ever to have like, whatever, 25, 10, and 5 in a playoff game, like since Larry Bird. So we all know he's good, but we need to know he's, he's mentally tough tonight and comes back and sort of like takes the game over. So I'm very curious to watch Tatum play. Incredible block. We gave that game away. We were up 12 in the fourth. I mean, Kimba has not been himself. Kimba does not look great in the playoffs. And, you know, I'm wondering if his size is an issue. He can't, he's having trouble getting a shot off. He's not shooting well. So uh, I'm nervous because the Heat are playing well. Jimmy Butler looks like a true alpha. Um, and they've got so many good pieces. Spolster has done such a good job of doing what teams, more teams need to be doing, right? Like have shooting, have so scoring. Much, so much shooting. I mean, I mean just it, have late guys in that, that, late in that game, Late in that game, when the Celtics were up 12, the way that lead was cut down to – to zero was threes for twos. I mean, it was math yeah, at the end there. It was, I mean, they, they were getting layups and the heat would come down and hit a three. 
I mean, they cut that lead down one point at a time. It'd be like, oh, the lead is nine. The lead is 11. The lead's eight now. Up, oh, the lead's back to 10. Now the lead's seven. And you're like, dude, yep. they're chipping away. Yep. And they had those shooters, those guys, I mean, between Hero and Robinson, like, the, the, those guys are not afraid to take shots. And it, it's awesome. It's probably the one team where I feel like everyone knows their role the best. Like, Dragic knows what he has to do. Robinson, Olenek, you know, Bam. Like, everyone just sort of says, like, and that's a testament to – we all kind of, like, ner- we didn't know, quite know how good Spolstra was because he had, you know, a, the big three. But yeah. the one thing that's amazing about Spolstra and Riley is, like, they never really had a complete tanky rebuild. Right. They just sort of, like, stepped, kept floating around. And, you know, and Riley's picking these guys off. I think Bam is, like, whatever, 13 or 14th overall pick. Um, uh, heroes like in the, maybe a late lottery, to, you know. Um, I, I know his knock on coming out of you know he was good in West Kentucky, but he, he had short arms. That's what that was the knock on him. He like couldn't he defend? Yeah. He had short arms, but here he is <laughs> taking big shots. You know, we, not only you know three, we talk a lot twos. about. Well, we talk. Uh, I feel like the the Popoviches and the Phil Jacksons, like uh, these guys get a ton of praise. Obviously, they're they're coaching legacies from a title standpoint. It's hard to argue with, but in terms of the coach turned executive turned gm like pat riley's resume is pretty fucking legit i feel like pat riley isn't talked about enough about like how great he has been every step of the way from the lakers to the knicks to the heat to ownership to you know building the team to turning it over to spolstra to like every move he has made and and honestly slick pat riley doesn't have to rebuild because he sits back there. He does his interviews like he did in uh, in the last dance where he's like inside a palm tree drinking, <laughs> drinking a, a pina colada in a white linen suit. And he's like, I don't, I don't recruit free agents. Free agents come to me. Well, and, ESPN, and not only that, like, you're right. You're right. ESPN did a piece today, you know, on the rebuild. And then I, I found myself, I'm glad you're bringing it up, Pat. I found myself on his Wikipedia this morning. And like Joe's saying, I mean, his resume is, is just so amazing. And let's not forget, guys, they were a lottery team last year. Like, this rebuild was instant. Now they're in the Eastern Conference. They're, they're three games away from the, from the NBA Finals. Yeah. But it wasn't ever a full tank. That's my point. Like, it wasn't, never right. been like a, they never got the one, two, or three pick. They've been a late lottery. Sure. You know, so it's not like they, they, they like devised a plan to like, you know, go nine and 73. They're still trying to be competitive. And, you, and like you said, you know, with a couple pieces, you know, and also, honestly, it's hard. It's, it's hard to draft in the late lottery just after like that 10 to 20 range. Yeah. Um, and because the Celtics are there a lot and we've had some hit and miss, hits and misses, but they picked out a couple good players from that 10 to 20 range. Um, and, and Pat Riley, you're, you're, you're so right. Like the fun nugget about Pat Riley, obviously NBA player played at Kentucky played, was in the, uh, you know, the famous game with like, uh, the color barrier, UTEP, he played against, he was on the Kentucky team. He was on the all white yeah. team. So an unbelievable, when you look at the, the annals of like, uh, uh, people in basketball and their careers, like Pat Riley, maybe, maybe has one of the top 10 careers of all time. Yeah. Um, really, really. As, really as, as a Knicks fan, I, like it's another place where his 
sort of legacy is glossed over, like the curse of Riley. I mean, this is like, that was like trading Babe Ruth for the Knicks. I mean, they were competitive. They got to a finals. They get to another finals in the Jeff Van Gundy, Les Miles uh, moment where he just has the Pat Riley team and the Pat Riley system and does, you know, a fake Pat Riley thing. But like, since Pat Riley left and Pat Riley wants to stay with the Knicks and asked basically just for what he got in Miami. He's like, make me a part owner, make me the head of basketball. And the Knicks are like, no. And he's like, cool. They're going to give it to me. Bye. And what's happened to the heat since then? Yeah. 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 And, and that hair, man, the slick back Pat Riley yeah. hair, which yeah. by the way, not a single comment on my hair guys, not a comment. Nothing. Well, I, I want listen, full disclosure, you gave me a sneak peek. I didn't want to reveal it for you, but you, people need to know, the listeners need to know, back to fresh Andy. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the long stuff is gone. Now, now it's just me. I'm all alone. Yeah. It shout out. Look. Shout out to Debbie from Salon 7 in the Five Mile Center. What <laughs> <laughs> up, Debbie? I was definitely. Meanwhile, meanwhile, Tug looks like Pat Riley if Pat Riley dabbled in South Beach's cocaine for like three consecutive <laughs> no. months. If, if Pat Riley was only doing rebuilds, that's what I was going <laughs> yeah. like, right? <laughs> Not only did I get a haircut, but I got a fresh shave this morning after my run. Thanks to my friends at Harry's Razors. Joe, look how good my, my face looks. Look how clean this looks, guys. Look how young you look. Took, you took five years off your life. So true. I know. Guys, Harry's just came out with their sharpest blades ever. And unlike some other razor companies, they're not charging you more for their products. Harry's new sharper blades are still as low as $2 each. I need to send some of these new blades out to Tug. We need to get a nice fresh shave for him. Guys, I need new, a new start. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Brand new start for you. New U.S. customers can redeem a trial offer of Harry's new sharper blades by going to harrys.com forward slash dirty guys harry's offers a hundred percent quality guarantee on their blades joe and i've been using harry's for about six years now they never disappoint so come on join the harry's team give harry's sharpest blades ever a try harry's has an amazing offer. amazing offer. that's not what it says harry's has an amazing offer for listeners of our show, new U.S. customers can redeem a Harry's trial set at harrys.com forward slash dirty. You'll get a five-blade razor featuring their new sharper blades, a weighted handle, foaming shave gel with aloe, and a travel cover to protect your blade when you're on the go. So right now, just go to harrys.com forward slash dirty and redeem your trial offer today. Tug, are you excited that uh, you get to watch Michigan lose to Ohio State again this year? No, I was hoping we'd take a year off, kind of <laughs> gather our thoughts. Oh, man. I just want to say quick aside before, as we were, we were reading your ad, I got a tweet uh, notice from uh, Tiger Tracker with a bunch of fireworks. And I thought of Joe Prano. I have no idea what's going on in Wingfoot, but that could be a sign that Tiger is alive. Uh, but we'll get to golf later in the episode very quickly. Uh, yes, Big Ten football. It's back. Everyone could not. They just couldn't, they couldn't get the money. The money just meant too much to people. The money just means too much, guys. And, you know, I, I, it's so funny. Uh, it's, tough, it's such a tough position to be in, right? You see other conferences playing football. Now, you do see big games being postponed because of COVID breakouts. But at the end of the day, 
Big Ten just needs the TV money, and they and and they cater to some of the whims of not only like social media but also players and players' parents. It's amazing that players' parents are like I I care more about playing you playing football than than our own life. <laughs> um, so, as a fan who will be watching from the bubble of my home, I'm excited. Do I think like people made the right decision? You know, I don't know. It's not the NFL where you, your job is to basically stay away from people. Um, so we'll see. I uh, um, I'm out on college football this year. Bye. You you guys are a bunch of fucking morons. Whether you, I don't really even have a stake from the health perspective. It's either play or don't play. That, that, that's, that's my, like, like, I don't care. I'm going to join the Prano team of like, I'm going to spend my Saturdays with my family. I, I, I just like, I don't, it, it's embarrassing how an entire conference or an entire sport is run with such inefficiency. So you're just now going to decide to play in October. Like, like, I don't know. It's, it's, I just don't care anymore. Like I'm saying my piece now and I'll bitch about my piece now, but like, I'll be honest, I could, couldn't care less about even covering college football this year on our show, just because you either should have just played it or not played. This is a great day for me. I've been, <laughs> I've been arguing to ignore college football and college basketball for as long as I can remember. Maybe before I was saying uh, Doc Rivers was overrated. Uh, like to me, uh, you there's there's so many issues with with college football in particular college basketball i basically just don't like because i think the quality of play is horrific but college football like from from not feeling like we got the right champion or not feeling like a team that could have won a championship got a shot to the month off month five weeks off between the end of the season and bowl games between the cupcake scheduling for some of these conferences that then want to like go around boasting how they're, you know, they're the NFL minor leagues to taking advantage of players to like everything, just like college football has been a sham for so long. And now like this, this isn't going to help crown a real champion there is no Pac-12 the Big Ten's going to start late is there going to be any playoff like oh the, can the Big Ten still be in the playoff because now they've started a month late but it's okay because there's six weeks off between games anyway like I, I just I really don't care yeah. to be fair though the Pac-12 um, is, was never going to enter the national championship conversation so uh, it is a shot fired it's the teams out here struggling on the West Coast. But, but, but Tug, I think you always bring, you know, some good perspective to these things. And because Joe and I are just, you know, going to rant sometimes. Why should I, like, why, I'm to the point in my life, and obviously I'm dealing with a lot personally, but when, when, I, when I see things just run so poorly and so just inefficiently, I don't care whether it's college football or a restaurant I go to or my healthcare provider, I'm not going to continue supporting that. Based on what we've seen since summer, why should I support something that I deem is just a giant dumpster fire? Well, 
I think, well, I, I, was, I don't know why. I don't know why you should specifically do that, but I think people are just so branded in to college football. And I said this a couple of years ago on the show. Um, I think of like uh, sports or like college football or college sports as sort of like a casino, right? And they're like, you can walk away at any time, but we're betting against that because you have what's, what is called human like emotion. You have nostalgia. It's all baked into this equation. Like everyone is so built into rooting for the, the structure and the organization, which is actually a metaphor for a lot of things in America. Um, that you're, it's just part of the fabric of what we, of what people do in America. Um, and there's not, there's so many towns and countries across the U S that their only thing to do is root for the college team. The college team is the pro team for a lot of these people. So, um, it's up to, again, the college players at some point have to have to walk, get up and say, you know what, we're going to, we're not going to play no matter what happens, because they have the power. The, play, the players still have the power. But they're not, they're not utilizing that. That's another they're also, thing. They're also teenagers. It doesn't matter. I, mean, I, I agree. I agree with this. But, but the teenagers are, you know, there's the Greta Thunbergs of the world that are influencing some, some thinking. <laughs> do, do we get a Greta Thunberg uh, reference in, in Dirty Swords today? I just um, love the idea of Greta Thunberg turning to college football as the next cause. <laughs> Yeah, I know exactly. Being like, but, until old white men aren't in charge of every conference, we will not have football equality. Remember when the Oklahoma State quarterback was saying something about black lives? Because remember when um, Gundy had a shirt on that was like yeah. very right-wing affiliated like shirt? network, yeah. Yeah, and he, he came out and said something, and the next day Gundy came out and apologized, and it was over. It's like – we need more people to sort of say that's, you know, it's not enough. Like this real change has to happen. But to, um, but to me, I, I think you're hitting on something that I think, in my opinion, I think is all that's part, that's like a part of this whole problem of like, like you see it all the time on Twitter. It's, it's, it's like somebody says, which like, like as far as when I say on Twitter, it'll be like a company will be like, Hey, we're changing the name of this. And you'll see like a response from somebody who's black and be like, that's cool. We didn't ask for that. We want others. Right. You, you know, we want something to change the laws. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We want something that's actually going to affect and help change. Right. So to me, I, I just, I see you, you, Joe and I talked about it forever. You had so like, you've never had it on a plate easier as players to change again. The, the NCAA system forever and essentially eradicate the NCAA. And you guys are like, no, I'm just going to play eight games in the big 10. Like no offense. And, and I understand what Joe is saying about them being kids, but you stand for nothing. Like you don't. But, but they're also, not only are they, in my opinion, not only are they kids, but unlike the professional athletes, they're not even, they don't even have the power of their name. Like yeah. list 15 college football players. I don't know if I could list six college football players. I don't know if I could list three college football players. Trevor Lawrence is still in college. I mean, I granted, I'm not the biggest college football fan. And so I'm sure a lot of people out there can name, you know, every starter on Ohio State's offense. But, like, it for the average sports fan, 
it's the headline has to read Oklahoma State's running back. It can't read that guy's name because no one knows who the fuck he is. Good point. And there's a lot. There's a lot of power in saying LeBron James demanded this. You know, Giannis demands this. Uh, Aaron Rodgers said this, and that comes with all that it is to be a professional athlete, to be marketed, to be whatever. But and and that's part of the scam. That's part of the scam is college football and the NCAA is, isn't hoisting up these guys. They're hoisting up their, the brands and the schools and it's the Ohio state football and it's Duke basketball and it's Mike Krzyzewski and it's whatever. They're not putting the power in the hands of those players when they're there. And so those players don't really have any. It really reminds me of like a, it's sort of a microcosm of what we're going through right now in America. Um, because, you know, as my, you know, one of my sports, you know, heroes, Tony Kornheiser says, like, the answer to all your questions is money. And basically, FOMO is real, right? Like, and the NCAA is, is saying, you could, you could, like, opt out, but we're betting that you, your, your experience as a collegiate athlete is only four years, and you're, you're going to lose one season. We're betting against you wanting to do that. And same with like the, the mass situation, not to get all political about mass, but it's like, if we just had a little self-discipline and just agreed like for three months to like, let's just do this. But, but, but money, money forces us to come out the door. Money forces us to like go and go to these, you know, go out in the world. Like, and so it's just, it's, it's unfortunate, but you know, that's, that's a political stance of mine. But however, as a viewer who's, who's going to be socially distant leaving, not leaving my house, I'm happy to watch Michigan and unfortunately lose to Ohio State for like the 11,000th year in a row. But it is, it, um, you know, it, it, it is a political thing and it is a political divide that is happening in this country because I bet you the percentage of people that happily wear a mask in Pac-12 country and Pac-12 not playing football is significantly greater than people in big – Big 12 country that, you know, voluntarily wear a mask. And of course, the, you know, those seasons are going to go on. Big 10 is going to happen. SEC is going to happen. Like that is a political divide. And they're going to play their football and they're not going to wear their masks. And okay, let's see how that goes. Yeah, I mean, if they're, if they're able to do it in a way that like the, the NFL is doing it, you know what I mean? Like, in, but, you, you, but you see like already on campuses, like there's, thousands of people it's not only the players right it's the other people congregating around the events like there's just to andy's point like it's so poorly organized and it's and it's impossible for people to do that you know what i mean so uh we'll, we'll see it'll probably make it i'm sure it'll happen like you know you know coach o basically said his whole team has had coronavirus like so we'll, we'll just we'll just see but you know i guess as a fan i'm excited you guys are going to boycott well, no, it's and, uh, uh, I, I just, I've been boy, I've been boycotting for you a decade. <laughs> That's a great T-shirt. Boycotting college football. I think Zoom is currently yeah. Zoom is currently boycotting us because I don't know what's going on with our feed. Are, are we back here? I, okay. I've never, I would never lost you. Okay, well, agree, no, agree. and I don't even want to say boycott. I, I think you I did just, though. I, I, I'm not going to watch. It. I'm saying I'm not like I'm sure we'll lightly talk about it on the show. Yeah, but. My, my, my point is, I, I just, you know, and then I'll wrap it up with this. And Joe and I already talked about this. The best part of college football is the whole fanfare, is college game day, is the campus experience. Dude, you're taking that stuff away. It's, you're eating, 
you're eating an Aaron Moharis pizza. Like it's not even a piece of pizza. It's you're taking cheese off the bread. Shout out to Twerks, by the way. <laughs> but, but it's all baked in the same thing, right? Like it's co- college, college students are like, and I'm, I'm not, I'm no different when I was 18, 20 years old. Exactly. I, yeah. I just wanted to hang out with my friends and, and, you know, and do, you know, beer bong, you know what I mean? So it's like, basically the, the, the government is not, they're, they're like, let's, let's go ahead and do it because, you know, people are going to do it anyway. So um, anyway, we move on. Yeah. Let's, let's, let's talk baseball playoffs. They have a new, uh, a new setup that's going to happen this year. I don't know if you guys saw this. I added this late to the rundown. My apologies on that tug, but uh, I'll just go over and, and I'll hear your guys' thoughts. They're going to see do – Tug, see if you can keep up. I will. I'll try. They're, they're <laughs> going to basically do a bubble format. So real, oh. real quick, the playoffs, the wild card. Now, against, once again, as a reminder, we're going to have 16 teams in this year's playoffs. So a lot more, eight from each league. The wild card – will be the best of three and the home, the higher seeded teams will host the wild card. And then after that, what do we have here? After that, the division series, the ALDS will be in San Diego and Los Angeles. While the NLDS will be in Houston and Arlington at the new stadium down where the Rangers play. And then the league championship series, the ALCS will be in San Diego the NLCS will be in Arlington, and then the World Series will be in Arlington as well. Really setting it up for the Padres, right? Well, the well, Padres aren't. They'll, yeah, they're doing cross-league cross, cross uh, play, so the ALCS will be in San Diego yeah. and L- LA. Understood. Okay, okay copy. So, so I think, yeah, they did that on purpose because obviously the Padres yeah. and Dodgers are having good years. They can't have them playing at home. I was going to say, yeah, they're really, they're really all in. At this moment, can you all – Can you? All, I mean, I, I did look at the standings yesterday. Are the Yankees currently in or out if the playoffs were to start today? I believe the Yankees are currently in, correct? Because of the eighth, the wild card? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And, but I know, that, I know they've been like, you know – They've another, been hot. Yeah, exactly. A couple home run, big home run games in a row. Yeah, the so. Yankees are in. Yeah. All right. They're a, half, they're a half game up as of last night, I think, on Toronto or to start last night's play. So – because, you know, we talked about this. I think I did the baseball preview with you guys, and we talked about how this is an odd, you know, has real potential for an odd year. And we're seeing that, you know. I mean, I don't, I don't know if people were, like, thinking the White Sox are going to be doing what they're doing. I know Joe and I, you know, had talked about the Twins and the A's maybe being in the mix. So, um, that's, that's, uh, that's going well. But, man, I think um, it's smart for them to get to the bubble. The Cardinals are going to have to play uh, doubleheaders the rest of the season. Um. But I'm excited. I'm excited for baseball, actually, uh, just because I think it's going to be super weird. Yeah, it's just it's just wild to me that we're already at the you know we're a week away from the playoffs or whatever. It just seems so fast. Like when baseball first started, I was like, you know what, they they got going, and we'll have a season, and then you know playoffs will be playoff baseball, the right team. But like now, it's just it's just crazy to me and. And it's reflected in your favorite players' stats. It's like the idea of a 162-game season, you know, guys can go on 60-game slumps. Teams can go on 60-game slumps. I mean, think about the Nationals last year, a 60-game season. They don't make a 16-team playoff. They were 1931 Uh, to start. Yeah. Uh, You know, the Dodgers a couple years ago starting slow. 
the Dodgers a couple of years ago, like having like in baseball, the beauty of the 162 game season, and you could argue it's a little long or whatever, is that it's like being a professional poker player. Like it's not just all like, you know, big all ins. It's like, this is a grind. You have to sit down and, and have a sandwich and have 162 games and stay healthy. So yes, somebody will be crowned a champ. Uh, but like, you got to wonder if even the best team in baseball will be on the outside looking in. Yeah. I don't think they will be. I mean, I think they're, they'll probably be the, in the 16. We can't be in the top 16, but at the same time, it, it, it's, it's, it's too weird. Sure. Um, I, I haven't been following it as closely. Has there been any significant – I'm just curious about, like, the health. Have, have players, by and large, stayed healthy during this shorter run? Uh, I can't think of any really major – I mean, I guess there's some Mets, Mets issues, right? But, like – Yeah, every team's had, like, a moment, but for the most part, they were all handled, and then, like, you know, the team misses a couple of games and they come back. But, but we talking about, like, no long-term injuries. Yeah, exactly. Right. Um, right. Uh, there, this is a question I want to ask both of you guys. Um, we're watching like baseball doing an abbreviated season, NBA doing some unusual uh, rules uh, in the bubble. Are any, is anything going to stick? Are we going to see any of these changes? Maybe it's the NBA forever being start on Christmas day situation. Do you think we'll see any, anything implemented now? become permanent uh a 16 or sorry a uh a, a nldh i think will probably stick wow that uh yeah hope, hopefully the extra innings rule that everybody seems to hate will not stick uh but i think an nldh will probably stick um i mean football in the nfl it really seems like they haven't done anything different no um so i obviously the bat the in the NBA the biggest change has been a bubble which I kind of wish it would stick, uh, <laughs> but um, but it won't and it shouldn't. Um, but yeah, I I think that's what jumps out to me. I don't know what's going on in hockey or what's going on in some of the other some of the other sports. The but. only thing I'll say about and this is not what you know not baseball but the NBA I think we might actually we might see that later start because you know um, that would be great. No one watches bas- basketball that first month of the year. There's too much going on. We've been yeah. saying on the show forever. And, uh, <laughs> you know, Christmas Day is the unofficial start of basketball season. Absolutely. Well, I, th- I think there's too much going on now. I, I saw, you know me, got to give a plug. I know Tug will chuckle at this to uh, the Wall Street De- Journal. Debbie? <laughs> Debbie, <laughs> cutting your hair? No, no. Debbie did a great job. But, you know, I'm always reading the Wall Street Journal. and Th- Just so everybody knows, Andy sends me five to six articles a week from the Wall Street <laughs> Journal. And yeah. I, can read, I can read zero of them because I don't have an account. So uh, yeah, just... I mean, I'm the same way. It's like <laughs> the, the only two things you guys share with me are things from the Wall Street Journal and the Washington Post. It's like, <laughs> is, any, is anybody using something that doesn't have a fucking paywall? Yeah. Hey, guys, did point. you see this ESPN Insider article? I'm like, what, a, what kind of asshole do you think I am? But, but their, their sports columnist, I forget his name, uh, but he wrote, the headline was like, because of everything that's going on right now, right? Because you have, Major League Baseball and the NBA playoffs in football. The headline was like, I, and I didn't read the article, but I got it because it made me think of kind of us. He wrote, I watch sports for a living and I can't keep up. It's like, 
And then he was talking about golf and, you know, just everything is just happening right now. And like, are you guys feeling it where there's almost so much happening that you're missing stuff? The first time I felt it was actually last night, which was a Wednesday night, because there was no basketball on for what seems like the first time in two months. So it was almost like, and I don't think there was any hockey either. So it was very weird. I really had nothing to, and the, and the U.S. Open had not started till you know, today. So it was the first time I was reminded, like, oh, my God, I, have some, I had something to do basically every night for the last 60, 70 nights. And there was some baseball, but uh, I've, been, I've been kind of glued to the bubble NBA playoffs. Even during um, the day. I mean, now that we're, we don't have basketball, now that it's gotten small enough that basketball is not starting at, like, 2 p.m. I'm like, yeah. fuck, come on, man. Like, I know. Wait yeah. till prime time for basketball? I know. It was great to have, like, a 3 o'clock game. And, but yeah, it's been a lot of fun. The, I mean, on Sunday for me, you know, the idea of having two screens devoted just for the NFL these days is, like, that's not even like, oh, you're crazy. Like, there's always at least two screens. Yeah. Go to the NFL. Then I had baseball. Then I had playoff basketball. Girlfriend's a big tennis fan. She had the U.S. Open on. The U.S. Open of golf this week at, at Wingfoot is especially, you know, in the 914. I'll probably uh, be checking that out a little bit. So Sunday will be tough again. Uh, the, the U.S. Open of golf will replace the U.S. Open of tennis. There'll, there'll still be basketball. There'll still be tons of football games. Sundays are going to be tough. I'm, I'm thinking about getting a third TV. By the way, my studio. Uh, yeah, I want to give, uh, you know, I get that, that Wall Street Journal subscription. I give a shout out to my dad, Walt, the Wall Street Journal. Uh, big, big birthday today. He's 77. So, Pops, keep fighting. I know you're in a battle, but I got to see him the last two days. And uh, keep being strong, Walt. Let's make it to 78, all right? He made, he, made, he made it through Occupy Wall Street. He can make it through anything. Exactly. When a couple of Buffalo kids show up cooking hot dogs in your front lawn and you survive that. Uh, <laughs> you, should be able to, you should be able to take COVID. Exactly. Hey, a big happy birthday, Walt. Yeah. So happy birthday, Dad. Uh, okay. You guys want to talk a little NFL? Let's do it. It's a moneymaker. All right. Well, before we do that and go over the picks, we got to discuss our presenting sponsor for Thursdays during NFL season. Joe, our friends at Game Theory Picks, who provide profitable sports betting advice at an affordable price. Guys, if you're going to place bets during this NFL season, and we just talked about it, there's so many sports that you can get advice on right now because they're all playing. Subscriptions are weekly, monthly, which saves you 20%, or yearly, which saves you 50%. Since the return of sports in July, a $50 per play better would have profited just over $1,000 in their first few months of following Game Theory Picks. Receive your first month of Game Theory Picks for just $40, Dirtballs. Simply visit GameTheoryPicks.com and use promo code NFL2020. Once again, that's GameTheoryPicks.com. Use promo code NFL2020. I love Game Theory Picks. This, you know, the last couple years, for the last few seasons, you know, I was I was on their football picks, and now uh, I took the NFL 2020 deal, and uh, I've got all the sports. And I didn't realize how how many plays come through. They email you whenever whenever their algorithm, whenever their supercomputer, whenever Hal tells them that there's a play worth betting, you just get an email, and uh, it'll be like Padres game is about to start. 
take the over. And I love it. I love getting the email that just says, this is our, this is our play that's happening. And uh, guys, the value on that for, for all the sports now is, is out of control. So I, I would take that. And uh, Joe Prano's football, Sunday morning football picks, this year officially sponsored by our friends at Game Theory Picks. So subscribe to me on Instagram, at Joe Prano. Between me and Game Theory Picks, minding our supercomputers together, my brain, their how, uh, we've got nothing but winners. Exactly. So check Especially that out. Especially now that we've given up on the Falcons forever. Yeah. Well, let's start off with uh, this week's games. The Battle of Ohio tonight. The Browns are at home going against my hometown team. I'm going to word it that way. The Cincinnati Bengals. The Browns are six-point favorites. They're coming off that beatdown by the Ravens. The Bengals, that heartbreak loss where the kicker faked an injury after completely shanking a 31-yard field goal. Tug, Joe, Battle of Ohio, it's on. Football's back. Which shitty Ohio team do you like tonight, and who's going to cover the spread? I don't know if I would say I like anybody, but uh, six points to me seems ludicrous for these dumpster fire franchises. So uh, I'll just say that it's closer than six. <laughs> I'm going to agree. I feel the same way. Uh, Baker is Baker's getting a lot of analytic shade right now. There's a couple memes going out there where he had three uh, wide receivers wide open and he scrambled the other side of the field. People saying he's spooked right now. I like Baker. I'm wondering if he woke up feeling dangerous. Um, I'm not sure that he did. I'm going to go with Joe Burrow. And one thing that's interesting about the Bengals, they're a lot of fun. They're going to be fun to watch. They're throwing five wide sets, five wide receivers out there, which is at a volume that I think has only been done twice in the NFL before. So they're hoping that Joe Burrow is out there to chuck um so let's hope we have some fun tonight and see some points um how can odell be happy right now though yeah scenes joe that's a great question you know not producing not getting targeted not winning um are we are we on the verge of seeing an early season meltdown from you know another like assembled team for greatness the the odell in cleveland situation is you know and and Odell obviously is an outspoken guy, but he is the perfect security blanket for the problems that Baker Mayfield has. Throw the ball to Odell within one half of a second of it being snapped on a slant. Every single one of those that you complete has the potential to be a touchdown. Get rid of the ball. Like I, I like, I can't say it enough. Like, through, through the last few years, like, I've just come around more and more. If you don't get rid of the ball, you're going to have problems at, across the board. Like, every player, every scheme, every franchise, every team. Like, stop talking to me about your O-lines. Stop talking to me about your receivers and your weapons. Get rid of the ball. Yeah, there was – it was Mike Francesca. Is it Francesca or Fran, – how, how do you pronounce his name? Francesa. Francesa was claiming they're trying to get rid of him and then other NFL Yeah, like Francesa. Well, yeah, exactly. (laughs) Consider the source. Yeah. The idea that Mike Francesa has had a career for as long as he has talking nonsense. He's, he, like, Mike Francesa 
is the Donald Trump of New York of like of just sports talking heads. Yeah. Like he, he's been there for 40 years being like, you know, the the you know, I think uh the Giants got to go ahead and get get uh, Patrick Mahomes if they want to win. If the if the Giants don't go get Patrick Mahomes, I don't know what they want to do. Uh taking your calls. Taking your calls right now. Come up with your trade you trade uh, options for the Giants to get Mahomes, and you're like, dude, shut the fuck up. And honestly, I have, I have lost friendships over the years because people told me that they used to listen to Mike and the Mad Dog or Mike Francesa. I go, well, we can't talk sports anymore because you're a fucking idiot. You know who loves Francesa? He loves when people troll him. Goldberg. Yeah. Yeah. I remember moving to New York in like '04. And um, seeing this guy on like Sunday night TV, and I was like, "What? Who is this guy?" And it's like Mike yeah. Francesa, man. It's Mike Francesa. I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> okay, no. <laughs> although, although he he played it very well in Uncut Gems. Great acting. Very good. Yeah, yeah. And heck of a run, man. Should we all be so lucky to have the run that he's had? So, um, I'm gonna concur with you guys, though. Oh I God, think... I'm gonna switch to the Browns. Yeah. <laughs> for for real. I want to switch to the Browns. Okay. <laughs> I think hashtag fade Ruther. Jesus, Tug. I mean, you didn't even let me finish. Well, you know what? I started to think about it before. I was like, I think Andy's going to get. Anytime you're on the, it's double edged sword. It's not even double edged sword. It's a double down, right? Like you're going with the team that you left. Well, I'm not going. I think the Browns win. I, I just think again, it's it's a rivalry game of two crappy teams and two dysfunctional franchises. To me, six points is a lot, and I and I like, like I like the Bengals enough to keep that close. Well, here, here's an interesting thing to think about, right? How much tape? Who who does the short rest benefit? Does it benefit Joe Burrow because there's not enough tape on him, or does it benefit the Browns because Joe doesn't have the full week to prepare? You know, I think there's actually. I think it benefits a lack of points in general. And therefore, so so under under is our play. Yeah, or and also six. Like you're gonna have to score. Like, sure, you could win a game, fourteen seven and cover. But like to me, the bigger the spread, the more points you need to like pull away. Yeah, I agree. All right, Joe, on to your team. The Giants are facing the Bears this week, where the Bears are getting five and a half. Uh, you know, my Giants had. Hot and cold, uh, had a hot and cold game on, on Monday night. I mean, there was moments of, of greatness from them. And meanwhile, there was, you know, same old Giants. Uh, I know defense, the defensive line of Pittsburgh is really good, uh, but you can't, you can't be getting Saquon Barkley hit before he leaves the backfield on literally every touch. So... Giants still have offensive line problems. Um, Danny Dimes threw some dimes and then had, you know, a total bonehead interception. The, 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 the interception that TJ Watt made, that's just a great play. I mean, you throw a screen and the defensive end jumps up and snatches it. I'm not going to kill the guy for that. Um, but that one down in the red zone was horrific. The fact that they couldn't get in from the one after they, uh, after they recover that punt horrific uh jason garrett like so conservative but you know the one thing i did like about jason garrett is 
tons of tight end usage. It like every time they threw it to a tight end, it like kind of stabbed me in the heart because it made me think like that was Witten. That was Witten. All the times Witten killed us. The Giants didn't look great, but they didn't look horrible. My, I guess what I'm coming around to say is five and a half seems like a lot to me against a Bears team that, you know, played a terrible game for 45 minutes and then woke up against the Lions. I'm, I'm going with my Giants. I'm going to go with the Giants as well. I think, they, I think the Steelers are a legitimate team this year. Um, yeah, I, like as a, not to bring fantasy too much into this world, but like I, I had Saquon on my team for the past two years. You see so many of these games from Saquon, and by extension the Giants. 16 rushes for five yards, like it's, that's, it's just brutal. And, I, and it comes back to the Jason Garrett where I get nervous that like, you know, where, where are we going to see some ingenuity? How are we going to like move people in space? You yeah. know, I, I understand the line, like the line is a real issue. Um, but what you do see is like Slayton looks like a legit, you know, it's nice to have like, some legit ta- targets out there out wide. Slayton looks like he's for real. Yeah, you know, Slayton, and so Slayton is for real, for sure. And 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 if you look at what Saquon did just in the the couple of screens they get to him in the game, but like, you know, I hear the the idea that like every team whose quarterback gets sacked has a bad O line. Like I'm just kind of like uh, the O line is an excuse that a lot of people immediately. I just think a lot of people just don't know how to judge offensive line play, but I can tell you a very simple way to judge offensive line play offensive lines whose running backs are getting hit in the backfield on every play are bad. Great rushing teams have good to great offensive lines because you're going out there and that's when you're, you are running into the defensive linemen and you are overpowering them. Like this idea that like, oh, we're our rushing offense is great, but like we can't pass blocks. Like guys, get the ball out fast. But the Giants, Saquon Barkley getting hit before he takes the handoff, their offensive line is a dumpster fire. And I know that, you know, Pittsburgh's defense is good, but like the Giants just don't do enough to improve it. And I just don't think Jason Garrett has the, you know, acumen to overcome that. He wasn't great offensively when he was with Cowboys, and they had the best offensive line. Yeah, I mean, it comes down to creativity, I think. You know, I, I just want to see some special stuff. You talk about tight end play. I mean, they didn't involve multiple tight ends, but they didn't involve Evan Ingram enough. But right. I think he was one of the best players on the team. So start getting, you know, your ball – the ball to your best players in space and let them make some plays. You know what I mean? So having settled that, you know, it's the number feels a little large. Um, and so you would think the number would be lower because the Bears actually came off and won. But so I'm going to read the tea leaves and take the Giants. You're, Andy, you're, uh, you're cutting out. I don't know if you're maybe, maybe make an adjustment to your earbuds there. Andy's so mad at us about our audiovisual skills. Twist them in the, uh, the uh, hole, I think, you know. Excuse me? <laughs> no, I think mess with the connection where it meets the computer. I think I'll keep lose, talking about. I think, I think lose the headphones in general. 
You guys hear me now? Yeah. Yeah. We got an echo, but it's better than not having an. Damn it. I don't know what happened. Uh, I was going to say I'm going to take the Bears. Well, thank God my Giants are finally going to get a win. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah. Well, God damn, this Zoom stuff. Sorry about that, guys. Uh, it's okay. All right. Well, moving on, we have the – You look 30 You look thirty years old with that haircut, by the way, and the shave. Do I? Thank you. I appreciate it. I'm going to card you. I, for my kombucha? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 1.2% alcohol. Yeah. Falcons, Cowboys, tug your boys. Mm-hmm. Tough loss last week to the Rams. They're four-point favorites, though. This is a, this, I think this is a tough one right here. I'm going to take the Falcons on this one. I, um, I think the, the, the Cowboys can um, win the Where game. Where is this game? Where is this game? Should be in Dallas. Uh, Andy, correct me if I'm wrong. Correct. Um, Four-point game, high total, expect some scoring. Falcons can't stop anybody. Um, Matt Ryan, my fantasy quarterback, is going to throw 65 times, hoping for a shootout. Cowboys, you know, until I see, until I see different, um, you know, Mike McCarthy was talking a lot of big game, a lot, a lot of analytics. He started running a lot on first down. We saw, we didn't see any of the creativity that I want to be seeing with multiple wide receivers. CD Lamb basically being a wide receiver one is a wide receiver three. Um, the Cowboys are notorious for playing down to their competition. They're not great as favorites. Uh, I'm going to take the Falcons. And the last thing is uh, Justice Mosquito on Twitter has said that uh, 8% of NFL teams that start 0-2 make the playoffs. This is basically a playoff game. Both teams are 0-1 with playoff aspirations. The loser essentially knocked out of the playoffs in week two. Um, I'm hoping the Cowboys have enough to get it done. I think it'll be a close game. I think it'll maybe a late kick. Cowboys win by three. Falcons cover. Uh, I, I bet you that number is closer to like 45% in the NFC East. NFC East teams that start going to no, really win, win the division 47% of the time. Um, so you got that going for you. But it, it certainly ha- will have the feeling of a playoff game for the Falcons. Uh, I mean, this is tough for me because I really think that the Cowboys have been overrated for the, the, the whole offseason. I bet against them. I bet, I bet the Rams money line last week because I was like – how in the world does this line open up as a Cowboys favorite in Los Angeles? Um, but also I've been burned so many times by the Falcons that it's really hard for me to pick them, but I'm going to again, I promise, I promised my people that I wouldn't, I, I can assure you that I will not make this prediction on Sunday and I will not bet this game, but uh, I'm going to take the Falcons as well. Stupidly again. Right. Well, I'm gonna try to fade both you guys again. Uh, and go. You love the Cowboys. Cowboys are like one of your five favorite teams. No, I, 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 I just I don't actually have faith in them, especially with the four point spread. I think the Cowboys win. You have more NFL teams than uh, Tug has collegiate alliances at this point. That's right. That's right. No, 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 not like at a all. Virginia, Duke, Michigan, like he, Indiana State because he played Burr. He's that's like right. That. I, I do like Indiana. My my wife's family's from there. My wife from <laughs> Notre Dame. I'm into them. Uh, all those schools. Ruther Ruther roots for like the NFC West 
the Cowboys, the Chargers. No man, I, <laughs> guy, guy roots for a fucking division. You talk, you yep. talk about you're, you need a Rob Lowe hat that just like says <laughs> NFC West on it. You need an NFC West hat. I uh, no, I just I think the Cowboys are gonna come. Re- they're gonna have to come ready to play. I think it's gonna be a good game, but I don't have much faith in this pick. But I'm gonna go with the boys. All right, moving on. Lions travel to Green Bay, where the Packers are six point favorites. I'm going to let you guys go with this. I'm going to go try to find another pair of headphones real quick because I think I know where some are, and I'll let you guys just go. That's a great nugget right there, guys. We know where the extra set of headphones are. Uh, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take the Lions on this. Six seems like a lot. Division game. Uh, Lions were leading that game last week and, and pissed it away. I feel like they have to come back strong. I, I don't hate this Lions team. I think the Lions are talented. I think – Probably a coaching problem. I've been saying free Matt Stafford for years. I am an Aaron Rodgers, unabashed Aaron Rodgers slurper. I think uh, he's been disrespected. I think the Packers as a franchise have been disrespected this offseason because for some reason people have forgotten that they have Aaron Rodgers. I think that the Packers are going to be good again. I think Aaron Rodgers is elite. I think, uh, you know, he's still arguably one of the best quarterbacks in, in football. Uh, but I just think six is too much, and I'm gonna I'm gonna take the Lions. I disagree with most of what you're saying, but agree with the result. Um, I think the I think it's just a number play, right? Like the Packers were minus three at Minnesota last week. Um, I feel like the explosive week one for them, coupled with the Lions, like late, you know, lost just kind of blew the line out a bit. The Lions had so much trouble winning at Green Bay for like 20 years. And then they played really tough there the past couple of years. So I expect a bounce back game. Like you said, I probably think it's like a three, three or four point game. I expect um, Aaron Rodgers, who I don't think is elite anymore, to um, probably – one thing I always notice about Aaron Rodgers, he has an explosive quarter and then it kind of goes into hibernation sometimes. So um, I, th- I expect it to be like a 24-20 game. And, but um, now, I'll take the lines. How, how do you watch the throws that he makes last week and not like so like what aspect of it like this is the thing I have when people like judge players and they're like where they were to where they are now like physically he can still do it so what's what's the issue I think it's just about um you know I think it's sometimes first of all he owns Minnesota he absolutely owns them it's like he doesn't need to practice or think about that scheme. It's the same scheme every time he torches them. I think sometimes Aaron Rodgers, it's like you just, you just rely on – it's a guy who, who knows – obviously, I, I think, you know, 2011 to 14, 9 to 14, Aaron Rodgers is world-class. The last – I think he saw his, you know, arm, the arm talent, put that on your bingo card for Dirty Sports. Um, he but, just, he's, but he's making throws outside of the pocket. He's, yeah, I think he's something he likes. He, you know, he's amazing at not throwing interceptions, but he's but he's not the most accurate. Like I think he he's still it's still about fundamentals with his with his footwork and things like that. You know, you can go through a litany of stuff. Look, he throws he throws the incredible ball, right? He throws the incredible ball. There's no doubt. But sometimes he goes through a, a rough patch where he he misses targets, and I think like you know, there's no question if you needed some guy to thread a needle. In the NFL, Aaron Rodgers is probably one of three guys that you're going to go look towards. Now, what, um, but what, what do you think of, 
Like you watch? Did you watch that game last week? You watched. I did. It was unfortunately on my TV when I was in San Diego. Yeah. Like, like he doesn't have wide receivers who are getting separation. He's got one guy who who can win a one-on-one matchup, and yet you know he's throwing the ball forty times and he's throwing for three hundred plus yards and he's you know making. I just think, like again, the demise of Aaron Rodgers has been overblown, and. Shout out to our boy, Pat McAfee, who now has him on like every Monday morning or every Tuesday morning. Like to me, Aaron Rodgers being out there and being like, every week I'm going to go on like this major outlet and, and like chop it up, like openly, not in a, you know, glossy media way. I think that if I'm a division rival of the Packers, I'm scared that Aaron Rodgers is just like, putting on a baseball cap and doing Pat McAfee's podcast every week because he's going to have to answer for himself. I well, think I he's think like you're right. confident about answering for himself every week. I think you're right in one respect. Um, he maybe, there, maybe, maybe there was like a lack of motivation uh, in the past couple of years because he is a Super Bowl champion. Like, you know, everyone knows how good he is. But I wonder if, I'm wondering, you know, I'm reserving the right to change my opinion. You know, if the Jordan Love thing, like, lit a fire under him that we just, we just don't know. Like, this, this organization is like, you know, we believe in you, believe in you, but we invest second-round capital on a quarterback to be your replacement. Also, no girlfriend right now. No, no girlfriend, yeah. So, um, But also, let's just – let's see if the lack of motivation ends up on Dak in Dallas right now. Let's see if that weird lack of motivation and the – you know, all the things that came with the – the last couple of years of the McCarthy Rogers pairing. It's true. We'll see. I mean, there's a lot of talk from McCarthy about being out there. And I thought, I thought for the most part, Dak played really well. Um, you know, it's again, you know, it'd be nice to have him have those game winning drives, but um, there's got some stuff they got to work out for sure. But um, are we going to, are we going to really just pause for Andy? Should we just kind of plow through some of these picks? Um, yeah. Let's, let's just Andy, give us your pick and then let's start ripping because can you guys hear me? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So these headphones work. Yes. Excellent. All right. Let's move through some of these games. Who do you have? Hold on. Game? I didn't even make my pick. I just want to make sure the headphones work. Let's rip through these. I'm going to go with the Lions as well. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Jags, Titans. I don't care as much about this game, so let's definitely rip through it. Titans are eight and a half point favorites. I'm going to go with the Jags. I was waiting. So that's, a, that's a big line. It's a it's a big number. I usually don't yeah, like to take is. eight and a half. Um, um, you know, I think the Titans they they didn't look like the, I mean, obviously a lot of kicking issues for Monday Night Football. Um, you know, Derrick Henry didn't do much, but still gave a lot of chunks. Are the Jags any good? I, I'll um, I'll I'll take. Um, I'm gonna go to tight. I'm gonna go to the Titans on this on a bounce back game. I'm going with Tennessee on a bounce back game as well. I think if you watch the 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 Minshew show the last couple of years he does something that makes everybody boner out the next week everybody tunes in he's a pedestrian quarterback everybody turns their TV off he fucking goes crazy again uh, a bounce back game for the Titans a bounce down game for Gardner again which seems to be his <laughs> style you and I are saying bounce back game in a sense they want they did win the game one it's just they just didn't look they didn't either. look great um, yeah yeah. All right, Vikings, Colts. The Colts are three-point favorites. Both these teams need a bounce-back game. I'm going to go with 
Philip Fudge and Rivers and the Colts in this one? I mean, we talk about this, that how hard it is for teams to make the playoffs uh, when you're 0-2. I mean, I know the Vikings and the Colts have obviously have playoff aspirations. My, my, joke to, uh, my joke to Joe this week is, uh, you know, you don't need to bring Phillip Rivers in to lose to Jacksonville. Jacoby Brissett can do that all by himself. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I'm very interested to see what's going to happen. By I'm the way, go with- by the way so, sorry to cut you off, Tug, real quick. Yeah. Did, I don't know if any of you guys saw this in that game. They brought in Brissett. Oh, I, I tweeted about it. What was that all about? I, I said I, – I tweeted that I think Reich needs to cut Brissett just so he doesn't get tempted to put – it was like – it was like the, the play was just a debacle. It was a mess. And, they, and then there was just that play. And then he was back yeah. out. Yeah. Just, he's, just, he's, the, he's the Taysom Hill of the Colts. Now, yeah, apparently. it's the Brashkoli package. That's what they call <laughs> yeah. it. I, um, I'm going to go with the Colts here just because I, I, the Vikings to me are just so boring. Like, I don't really want to see them be in, in, uh, in the mix. They, Kirk let me down. You know, this is a Stanga uh, stat. You know, Kirk Cousins was dominant at the 1 p.m. Eastern starting time. Uh, slot from the against the spread standpoint let us down last week so I'm going to continue to fade them and go I want to see I want to see the Colts be good so I'm going to go with the Colts uh, I'm going to go with the Colts as well uh, we talked about I, I'm, I'm I don't need to talk anymore about Kirk Cousins um, and why I don't like this Vikings team um, it's Kirk Cousins by the way uh, but um, you know the 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 Briscoli Rivers, the Colts quarterback situation. We talked about it last week. Of is is uh, Rivers washed or is Rivers just bad? And I said I really just think that R- Philip Rivers has was literally born with the anti-clutch gene. They gave him extra genes in you know having kids, and they gave him less in the clutch gene. And somebody shared this tweet with us. Philip Rivers in the last ten years, in the final six minutes of one score games has a 50% completion percentage, nine touchdowns, 23 interceptions, and a 53.5 quarterback rating. That's over 10 years in one-score games. Phillip Rivers is anti-clutch. The end. The only, only good thing he has going for him is he has a Spider-Man meme because he's got Kirk, <laughs> Cohen, Kirk Cousins going against him. Yeah. So that might be the only way uh, that we're going to get some you know, clutch, clutch things happening. All right, moving on. We got an NFC or AFC East matchup. The Bills are at home against the Dolphins, where the Bills are five and a half point faves. Now, the Dolphins stayed in that. It was a pretty tight game against New England last week. What do we see happening this week? Uh, very similar games last week for these two teams. It was like moments of brilliance and moments of ineptitude. Uh, the Bills almost let the Jets back in this game. In that game, uh, you know. Eight minutes into the game, the people who had bought their Josh Allen MVP tickets were bonering out, and then he's fumbling and throwing balls into the stands and doing all kinds of ludicrous things. Uh, and the, the Dolphins are just – I mean, the Dolphins are every team Ryan Fitzpatrick has ever played for. They're going to be dangerous, uh, but also it could be a meltdown at any time. Uh, I think the Bills, if they want to be taken seriously, need to wax this Dolphins team. I'm going to take Buffalo. I'm going to agree. I think the bow, the Bills show up this week and they uh, they run them pretty easily out of the uh, field. 
I'm going to go with Miami here because uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick Patrick always gets up for the other 31 teams that he's played for <laughs> previously. Um, and and um, the other thing I'll say is it feels like the AFC East, and Joe can speak on this better than I can, um, but, like, the AFC East feels like outside of the Patriots, those teams beat each other up. Like, it feels like one team blows up the other team. They go, up, they go to the other, other, other arena or stadium, and the other team wins. Like, who knows? Yeah, we have to remember that the Dolphins had a nice little run to end the year last year. Week one, they played Belichick. Belichick yeah. had eight months to prepare for the Dolphins. You know, it was a competitive game. Can't, they, didn't, they didn't know what Cam was going to do. I expect the Dolphins to be competitive in this game um, and um, keep it within a field goal. Maybe even uh, upset special here. Well, this week I'm just excited to be watching games using my Miller Lite Cantana Joe Prano. Look at this thing. I love it. Do we still got we still got to send you one of these? I, I I have not received one, so that would be that would be great. Especially oh. if I'm going to get a third TV, I'm going to need one. I I don't need another digital box. I just need a Cantana to get that one on the local game. That's right, guys. Miller Lite has these amazing Cantanas because they want to bring fans together in a new way with the easy to use digital TV antenna, which has an actual beer can in here. I'm sorry, filled with actual beer. That's right. It's all in here. Miller Lite Cantana, stop clicking around on all these illegal sites. You don't need all that, guys. You literally just need the Miller Lite Cantana. If you want to try to grab one of these for yourself, simply go to MillerLite.com forward slash Cantana. Am I doing that correctly? No, I'm sorry. Uh, MillerLiteCantana.com. That's what it is. So go to MillerLightCantana.com, stop clicking around, and start watching football with friends because when it's game time, it's Miller time. No purchase necessary. They're, they're holding a whole contest for this. It's, the contest is going on right now. It started on 9-11. It ends on 10-12 at 11:59:59 Pacific Central Time. You must be a legal resident of the 50 US DC states, 21 years or older, and these amazing cantanas are only available to residents of Colorado, District of Columbia, Florida, Idaho, Louisiana, Mississippi, Nebraska, Nevada, New York, North Carolina, South Carolina, South Dakota, and Wisconsin. Void where prohibited. See official rules at MillerLightCantana.com for entry, to, entry instructions, prizes, restrictions, etc. I'll tell you what, fellas, that was probably the most difficult read I've ever had to do. Honestly, my early favorite for a read of the year. I, I, I really <laughs> enjoyed that. I, I, I just like Pacific Central time. Is that, <laughs> is, that a, is that a wormhole that you have to step through to be in I was like, <laughs> Does anybody know Kirk Cousins' record at 1 p.m. Pacific Central time? I also like 50, D, 50 D.C. states. <laughs> 11:59:59 p.m. Central Time. 50 DC states. There's a there's a, there's a can inside the can. It's 50, all good. Anyway, <laughs> MillerLightCantana.com. Look at this bad boy. Go enter right now. All right, moving on. Before I embarrass myself even more, the Niners are at home facing the Jets. The Niners lost last week. I think they're going to bounce back. They're seven-point favorites. I'm going all in on the Niners and Shanahan to uh, bring it back to last year's level. What do you guys think? 
I yeah, I I can't believe this line isn't higher. I could I, I'm blown away. In yeah. my head, I was like I was like 10 and a half, 11. It's a touchdown. Yeah. That's crazy to me. Unless there's something going on with the Niners that I don't know about. There's nothing going on with the Jets that I know about. They're just bad. They're they're they have a bad coach. They have a quarterback that's not getting better. They don't have any skill position players of note. Uh, they're traveling. I know east to west is easier than west to east, but uh, if you're the Jets, I think traveling anywhere is difficult. So I'm going with the Niners. I'm blown away by that line, and because of that, I gotta take the Jets. I don't know what I don't know what Vegas is thinking here with a touchdown favorite. Unless oh, you want to uh, build in tug fading common sense. That's a that's, I like <laughs> fading it. common sense. I do. I'm fading common sense here and saying, you know, give me the Jets, give me Adam Gase, give me his rivalry with Rick Chimini, Rich Chimini of the SPN, give me all of that, um, give me Le'Veon Bell's hamstrings. Whatever, uh, you know, from the sideline. Um, I have no idea why this line's only a touchdown. But maybe, maybe one thing we're not counting, uh, factoring in, the, uh, the Super Bowl loser malaise is real. I said that last episode. It is real. So, so uh, I'm, I'm going with the, the Jets here to cover. All right. Next up, we have one of my 30 NFL teams that I root for. The Los Angeles Rams are traveling east to Philly to play the Eagles, where the Eagles coming off that really bad loss last week to the Redskins are one-point favorites. I am going to go. It's a tough one. It is a tough one. It's a a good line. Rams, I'm going to be a homer and go with the L.A. team and say the Rams win and cover and the Eagles drop to 0-2. Yeah, go ahead. No, please, Thomas, please go. Oh, to, to me, this is like the overreaction game. I think like um, Rams on Sunday Night Football, opening a new stadium, everyone getting up. I like the Rams. I like the Rams this year. Um, the Eagles are such a mind-boggling team. Like, they don't make any sense. They never do. I don't know if uh, Peterson is a good coach. They haven't been the same without Frank Reich. But as we said, the NFC East is craziness, always has been, always will be. They've actually done really well against the Rams. Uh, and mitigated Aaron Donald in some previous games. So I, I think the line probably would be closer to three if they didn't blow up against the, uh, the Washington football team and the Rams were to lose. So I'm going to take the line value and go with the Eagles. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Eagles as well. I don't want to. I, I, I'm the same as Tug. I like, I like the Rams this year. Um, but it, it, the Eagles just seem to me to have become this team that Beats the teams they shouldn't, loses the teams they shouldn't. And it's one of the worst things that could possibly happen when your team becomes one of those franchises. It's, it's, it's a devastating thing to win or to live week to week. Uh, but they seem like that, that might be their team. I hope I'm wrong. I hope the Rams blow them out, but I'm going to take the Eagles. All right, moving right, right along. The Steelers are at home facing the Broncos with their seven and a half. Ooh. That's a oh, give me the Broncos. Spread. Give me the Broncos. I know everybody's Same. on the Same. bonering out on this Steelers team. Ben's back. Ben's healthy. There was a moment where Mason Rudolph was warming up. Like, let's tap the brakes on Ben Roethlisberger has returned. <laughs> like, I agree. Jump on Aaron Rodgers, and yet Ben Roethlisberger's got to complete one screen pass and then put his arm into a sling on the sideline, have his backup warming up, and everybody's like, I don't know. I think they're contenders. I, I agree. I'm going to go with the Broncos here. Uh, just because – I'll turn the mic to you, Andy. 
Uh, we're not saying the Broncos are going to win. Can we trust Vic Fangio in late-minute situations? We obviously can't. They lose a ton of games in the last two minutes or a minute of football. But, you know, the, the, the home field advantage is – it's they're playing in Denver again, right? Are they playing Pittsburgh. in Denver? I'm, I'm just assuming Pittsburgh, right? Okay, so they're playing in Pittsburgh. Yeah. So I, I just feel like uh, Denver's – Denver looked uh, – the, the offense needs to kind of wake up a little bit, but um, – uh, I think that number is a little bit large, so I'll take uh, the Broncos. Yeah, so I think we're all going to uh, agree. Did we lose Tug? No, he's back. Okay, there he is. No, I'm back. Okay. Uh, all three are going to take – all of us are going to take the Broncos to cover. All right, moving on to the later games of the day. I'm sorry, we got one more. The Panthers travel to Tampa with a Bucks or seven and a half. Wow. A lot of trust in Brady that they're going to bounce back big time against the division team. I'm going to go with the Panthers in this one. It's just too big of a spread for me. I am too. I think they looked uh, better than I thought they would against the Raiders. I know it's the Raiders. Um, yeah, it just seems high. I'm going to go with the Buccaneers here. The, the Rams, the, the Panthers have given up three touchdowns in every game of the last, like, I don't, there's some crazy stat, like the last, last season. And, and now one game. So uh, there, there's going to be a lot of points. I feel like, um, you know, the, the, the Saints are a very good team. Wait, wait, Tug, what game Saints, are you on? You're talking about the, the Buccaneers and Panthers, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Did yeah, you say I'm saying the Saints, are, the Saints are a very good team. Oh, the, the, okay. The Buccaneers okay, played them last week. Gotcha. So if you let me yeah. finish my point. Sorry. Can I finish? Um, Can I finish? <laughs> <laughs> Um, so I think the, I, I'm, I'm looking to pay the bucks when I can this year, but I can't do it this week. So I'm gonna go with the bucks. All right. So Joe and I are going to take managing You're going to take the bucks. All right. The Washington football team. God, that's never going to get old. I love saying that the Washington football team travels to Glendale to face the Arizona Cardinals. Cardinals are six and a half point favorites. Look, uh, I like what the Cardinals are doing. Uh, I, do, I don't think Washington is good. But the Washington pass rush is decent. Uh, I know Kyler is, uh, you know, uh, can counteract that with his, with his speed and his elusiveness. But have the Arizona, should the Arizona Cardinals be favored by six and a half over anybody? It's a great question. I'm going to say no. You, you just swayed me. I'm going to go with the Washington football team as well. Yeah, and, and that's actually a great point. I was thinking, too, I like where Arizona's headed. I think they're moving 100% in the right direction, but that's a big spread. For that reason, we're all going to go the Washington football team. All right, the Chiefs play my season ticket holder, Chargers. They're eight-and-a-half-point favorites. I'm going to go Chiefs hands down. I know the Chargers usually play them tough. I just – Tyrod Taylor, come on, guys. He just can't put up enough points to keep up with Patrick Mahomes. Agree. Yeah, I, I want to agree. I, I, I'm going to look to fade the charge, the Chiefs, and probably lose a lot of money. I'm going to take uh, I'm going to take Andy's um, LA Chargers here because I, I think their defense is legit. I don't expect them to shut down Mahomes, obviously, but I expect you know enough for maybe a 28-20 game. Get the half point. I'll take the hook. All right. The Ravens. I, are- I, I, I would just like to predict right now that Tug will feel great about his pick the entire game until about. Four minutes left in the fourth, and then the wheels will fall off. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. It's a great 100%. call. Yeah. The the Ravens are at home where they face the Texans. They're a seven point favorite. 
I'm going to go Ravens. I think the I think the Texans have a rough year. I think I think they win six or seven games. I think they drop off that much. I'll take the Texans. I'm going to take the Ravens. I think uh, everybody kind of wants to think that this, you know, the Ravens thing is like that they're too good to be true. I know they had their, their playoff struggles and, but like, it seemed like last year the lines just kept getting bigger and they just kept ca- covering them. And I couldn't agree more with the Texans are a dumpster fire. Bill O'Brien's a boob. Uh, they'll probably be in this game and fuck me, but I'm not betting on them. That's for sure. All right. Sunday night football, the Patriots against the Seahawks. I'm sure Prano thinks are two of my teams facing each other head to head. Yeah. 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 The Hawks are three and a half point favorites and, uh, you know, got to give some love. My DMS have been on fire. Absolutely on fire this morning after what Bill Belichick said about my boy, Mr. Unlimited. And he said, I quote, I don't see really anybody better than this player referring to Russell Wilson. This guy's a tremendous player. Thinks he's underrated. What a great compliment from the best coach of all time about Russell Wilson. How does that make you feel when you hear that? Couldn't agree with Bill Moore. Uh, He's playing uh, the Seahawks this week. He's doing his, his early week press conferences. He has jumped aboard. Bill Belichick in the week he is playing the Seahawks is very heavily and publicly pushing. Let Russ cook. I couldn't, I, I mean, talk about coaching genius, coaching strategy, basically taunting Pete Carroll into letting Russ cook this weekend strategy. Like the mind games have take, have reached new levels. Also, if we take it at face value and we believe that Bill Belichick believes what he's saying, uh, I just would like to ask, does anybody in this Zoom chat think that Patrick Mahomes is not the best quarterback in the NFL? Well, he's clearly the best quarterback. Doug, who's the best quarterback in the NFL? Mahomes. Okay, so if we take Bill Pelichek's comments at face value, we all disagree with them. Yeah, we all can look into that and say he's definitely a top three player. But anyway, that's for many other discussions. Joe, you're going to be also. Happy. Also, the other thing about his face value, he said he's underrated by the media and uh, fans. I'm not sure Bill Belichick has ever listened to one thing media or fans have said. But again, if we take him at face value, is Russell was like I don't think the media and the fans under that would be the that is the basis for the entire Joe Prano argument. Russell Wilson is great. Also, the media and fans overrate him. Okay. Well, so so who do you have? Uh, I'm going to take the, where is it? Three and a half. Yeah. I'm going to take the Seahawks. They're, 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 they're favored by three and a half. Correct. Yeah. I'll take the Patriots. I'm going to take the Patriots as well. I just think that I yeah. think the, the Pat's defense is too good. And that half point to me is the big decider right there. Good. I hope I, 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 it's I, a defense. I, I, I hope you're right. I know Bel- Belichick is just so good. So I'll take yeah. points with Bel- Belichick. All right, and our last game, Monday Night Football, is going to be – who is it? It's the Saints and the uh, Raiders. Raiders, correct? Yes. Why They don't have this on this oh, – okay, I'll find it somewhere else. All right, so let's do the Saints and Raiders. We have – the Saints are five and a half. 
Uh, in, 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 in Vegas, right? In Correct. Vegas. In the new the opening yeah. of Vegas. Uh, the line has come down. This is their first game in Vegas. That's all the Raiders fans betting on it. I think, they, I think Vegas, the casino, not Vegas, the city, had, had it right at first, and I'm going to take the Saints to cover. I think a I, lot of turnt Raiders fans have brought that line down. I agree with you, Joe. I think the Saints cover. I'm going to go with the Raiders here for a couple of reasons. My phone might die and my wife might yell at me for uh, wanting to get, get off so she can do her work. Uh, a couple of things. Uh, the Raiders, I totally hear you guys on the Raiders fans driving the line down. Saints are not great on the road. We all know this. Um, I, I'm curious to see uh, how well uh, the Vegas team gets up for this. I do think they show up and I'll take points. Um, uh, and I'll, maybe I'll, maybe I'll go to Vegas too and celebrate with my, 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 de- my degenerate friends. <laughs> All right. Well, those are our week two picks, and that is the show. Tug, I know you have to go, but one more time, tell all the listeners and all the dirtballs where they can find you. Do it for America, guys. I'm wearing my you know, Miracle on Ice shirt today to celebrate America as we celebrate a big holiday today. Now we're talking season two. One and two, both seasons are on C-W-C, S-E-E-D. It's an app you can get on your Apple TV, your Roku, Fire Stick, your phone, your computer. Just uh, add it to your uh, whatever apparatus you need. Um, go check it out. A lot of great guest stars. You'll see Andy and Joe on the show. Uh, thank you to everyone for staying patient. Follow me at Tug Coker on Twitter and Instagram. I got a bunch of great videos uh, and bits coming on from the show. So thanks again for all the support. Thank you to you, Andy and Joe, for supporting me and having me on the show and having me uh, on the show throughout the years. Uh, obviously, I, I love coming on with you guys. So thank you well, so much. Well, Tug, we love having you on. And I was just thinking, you know, you released the episode on the day of my dad's birthday. And obviously, I mean, he's really fighting hard in the hospital. I think I should just bring – he might be in a medically induced coma right now. But I think I should just – I've been playing music for him. I should play for him now we're talking. So I think he, it's a great idea. So he, it, it can hopefully <laughs> up his spirits and then he can hear my – amazing acting ability and uh help you know bring walt out of his funk and we'll get him back home and healthy all because of you it's a win-win baby i love it um yeah thank you so much it's uh, i think i think the show is really fun it came out nicely they've done some uh censoring of the language unfortunately but like so you can tell your parents and your friends you can watch it with confidence because we've done an arrested development style of like using the bleeps for comedy so uh check out that and um hit me up on tug coker on twitter instagram if you have any questions on where to find it or anything else. Don't follow me on Twitter at Fix Your Life. Instead, watch Now We're Talking. Don't follow me on Instagram at Joe Prano. Instead, watch Now We're Talking. Don't follow me on Venmo and donate money to me. Instead, watch Now We're Talking. Also, follow my, <laughs> follow my Instagram for pics. <laughs> exactly. Go watch Now You're Talking. That is your homework. Now we're talking. Now we're talking. Jesus Christ. Now, oh. you're, now you're Talking, I believe, is a Bruce Willis baby talking baby movie. <laughs> Look who's talking. Guys, go watch Now We're Talking. Have a great weekend. Thanks, Tug. Thanks, Prano. Fun as always. And don't forget, stay dirty.